Okay. Story time. Um, <laughs> I guess I want to talk about how all my scars are stupid. <laughs> I <laughs> This is a very weird story to start, but basically any thing that I have on my body that is either a scar or like a mole or whatever is very bizarre. Okay, first of all, let's start with like the very first one. I got chicken pox when I was very young. And so on my forehead, I have like a dent, I guess would be the best way to put it. And that's from when I had chicken pox. And I, I don't really remember this, but I guess I must have just scratched myself and pulled out <laughs> a mark. It's just a little crater. Like, yeah, I think it's not bad, but it is stupid. It does make me angry still. <laughs> Um, and then my my favorite one, my personal favorite one, which when I was in high school, everybody got all terrified about because I have a I have a cut on my wrist, which is not from me cutting myself, is from I used to walk around in the woods a lot because there was woods near my house when I was a child. I was walking and a tree branch just nicked my arm. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, it turned into a scar. That is the one on my wrist. It makes me so angry that that happened to me. I have gotten cut more seriously in all sorts of places, and I somehow have a scar from this stupid freaking tree branch. No, I remember when that happened because people would always come to me with their concerns for you, and I'd just be like, what? <laughs> and they came to me like, is Krista okay? There's this cut on her wrist. I'm like, it's from a tree. Like, what? God, it's in a it's weirdly shaped. Like I feel like she'd be more proficient at it. Like why are you sassing me? <laughs> She's fine. So then there was this other really weird thing that happened to me, which I think I'll also mention because I never know what category to put this story in. I think I was thirteen or fourteen. I went to the beach, and I don't know why, but like when I was at the beach, I all of a sudden had like a birthmark. I'm, I'm not really sure what to call it, but it was like the back of my knee from about my thigh to my calf turned red, but it was like a reddish brown. So it looked more like it was a birthmark and there was like nothing wrong with it. I think I ended up going to the doctor about it afterwards, just being like, why is my leg all of a sudden really dark on this one portion? And they were like, I don't know, put this cream on it. And then eventually, like, after a really long time, I don't even think the cream actually helped. It just went away. And that was probably one of the more bizarre things that ever happened. If there was no reason, it just happened. <laughs> one of the distinct ones I remember, I don't... I was on a date with the guy from the same school that you first dated. Okay, yeah. I don't want to say names. <laughs> right, I, I know what and you're talking about. Essentially, we were supposed to go to an amusement park or something like that, and it rained, so we just hung out at someone's house, and you were talking about, like, this big mole you have in the back of your arm, and he, the guy I went on a date with, was just like, that could be cancer, and got, like, super serious, and we're just, like, 16, like, what? I know. What's happening? And then he lifted up his shirt, and he showed, like, this bullet wound he had, because he had a mole that was, like, cancerous or something like that, and he was just... Wouldn't leave you alone. He was just like, you really need to get that looked at. That could be anything. We're just like, yeah. dude, simmer down. <laughs> yeah, well, I got the weird one on my leg checked out, and it was nothing, and nobody ever told me what was wrong with it. I went to the beach, and then all of a sudden, I had a birthmark. So if anybody out there in our podcast land can tell me what on earth happened to me, I'd really like to know, because it was very startling. 
So the final story I'm going to tell about the story time is, so I have one more actual scar. And funnily enough, <laughs> it is on the same hand that I have my tree branch scar. So my stupid hand is just really scarred now. But this was, I think, last year. I had made some pizza, had like a pretty big knife that I had cut the pizza with because I don't normally use like a pizza cutter. Anyway, I was cleaning it up in the sink, which I guess trigger warning or however you want to talk about Warning, bloodbath ahead. <laughs> I ended up accidentally dropping it and it landed on my hand and it was one of those things my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> it was this instant, like, oh my god, I made a mistake. <laughs> it, just, it just happened. And I was in a weird place. I was kind of by myself. Like, I think my husband was around, but he wasn't, like, immediately, like, I couldn't get to him. So I had to just grab a napkin, put it on my hand, put my hand against my chest, and, like, walk around the house looking for bandages and stuff <laughs> so I could just bandage my hand all while I'm bleeding and it profusely hurt. And that one was terrible. I ended up having to go to what, oh gosh, what is it called? Not, well, Pre I mean, eventually I ended up having to go to the hospital, but like at first it was like, I thought I had to get stitches. They didn't give me stitches. They ended up doing the worst thing in the world which is cauterizing me. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever had that done, but it's it hurts really bad. Yeah, and then it got infected, which I still don't entirely feel like was my fault, but they cauterized me and, like, had my hand all wrapped up, and they're like, don't look at it for, like, two days. And then after <laughs> two days, look at it. And if it doesn't look right, you need to go to the hospital. And I opened it up, and I was like, that don't look right. <laughs> that does not look right. So, so then I went to the hospital, which was also really stupid because I basically went to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> they gave me Suck some up, They gave me some antibiotic cream, which I don't know why they didn't do that from the get-go. They didn't give me antibiotics until, it, like, I don't know, two or three days after it happened. And anyway, it got better. I can move my thumb. I still have it's a good, thumb. But it's still really stupid because now I have a bunch of scars on my hand. See? Oh, man. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> so, that's it. Those are all my uh, my weird scars. If I did a story about all my scars, it would be way too long. <laughs> Even did just you? the one on my hands. <laughs> I didn't really know that you had a lot. I mean, I know you have the one that's, like, on your eyebrow. And, I mean, I'm sure you probably have some, like, on your hands, but... I have tons of scars. I literally have a zombie foot scar is what I call it from when I flipped that four-wheeler and it just grinded me into the blacktop. No, that's a, that's a different story <laughs> that's time. That's still a scar. We're not going to talk about that's that. That's like ten scars in one spot. <laughs> We're going to end the story time here and you're going to have to talk about that soon. So many scar stories in your future. That story, that's a good one <laughs> for so many reasons. I, I mean, for... Okay, we can't talk about it here. You're going to have to just do this. This has to be one of your story times. That, Everyone wait. Because I remember the aftermath of that. That was horrible. So, Miserable time. This is one where we can have two unique perspectives. We can probably have three if we have the right guests. Yeah. There was more than one... More than one person was hurt during this. I mean, to be fair, there were plenty of people around. We could just make this an infinite loop.
Passion for Your Passions, the podcast where we talk about hobbies, obsessions, and obscure concepts to stab off the existential dread. I'm Julie. And I'm Krista. And today we're talking about comedy TV shows. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean, but it had the cadence of a joke. Good news, everyone. I've taught the toaster to feel love. So you were talking about comedies the other day. Yeah, so what is comedy? I don't, I feel like this is a weird way to start this podcast, but we have to start somewhere. Today, we would like to talk about TV comedies. And, okay, so one of the things is, I guess we should kind of mention this uh, a little bit up front. Part of the reason why we're talking about TV comedies specifically is just because of kind of the state of comedy in general. We'll get into that a little bit more, but I just wanted to put that up front, that we have a reasoning behind why we chose to talk about TV comedies specifically. Yeah, we've come to find that in the modern world, we're more in tune to comedy TV shows and keeping up to date with those, while we're kind of falling behind in the comedy movies. Yeah. Yeah, so this episode is going to kind of be a weird episode in general, because basically we want to talk about a whole entire array of comedy TV shows that we like, but we kind of want to try to give it to you in quick little bursts because we figured it would be a lot if we were just spending two hours talking about all of our favorite comedies and why we love them and all this stuff. So we're going to try to pitch comedies to you. That's essentially the gist of it. We'll get into that a little bit more, but just to kind of start, we're going to start with just a couple questions. The first one is, In terms of personal tastes, Julie, what do you like in comedies? That's kind of, I was thinking about it because the core of my taste in comedies is diversity, which sounds silly when I say it like that. But as I was going over the shows I picked, I think what I like so much about them is that they don't stay in one place. It's not all the same type of humor. They're bouncing between various types. They're trying to capture a wide audience versus just a particular age or just a particular class of people. So like my comedies will go from saying something very obscure and witty about some historical moment to a fart joke. And to that just (laughs) is beautiful to me, like that you can just pace between those two things and they relate to each other somehow. (laughs) Oh, the beautiful fart joke. (laughs) There's literally a whole episode about farts in one of my favorite TV shows. So they're like, there's nothing nicer or funnier than a fart. (laughs) And they just talk about it. I mean, I would definitely agree with you. I do have a very wide array of things that I like. I will say I tend to like smart humor more. So to me, smart humor is, you know, you very clearly had a cast of writers who very clearly thought out everything. So one of the good examples of this is Arrested Development. Anybody who's watched Arrested Development or heard anything about Arrested Development It just has a joke cadence that is very high. But also, one of the things about it is, if you go back and watch it, after you've already watched it once, it becomes funnier. And then sometimes, even if you go back and watch it a third time, it becomes even funnier. Because you just pick up on all these things that you would there was no way you would have ever picked up on the first time. And I appreciate that, because I am a binge watcher. So. (laughs) I think that even goes into our own personal humor. Because we're both, I would describe our humor as very intelligent 
80% of the time. And then 20% of the time, it's just stupid and random. Where you're like, why did that... Why did you just yell corn? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> you want to know what was actually one of my best comedy moments? I don't know if I ever told you about this. But I was playing Jackbox games with a group of people once. And I don't remember which one it was. But it was one of the ones where, like, you can submit stuff and, like, they won't know who you are. And so for mine, one of the things I submitted was it was something like the everlasting shower beer. Because I was thinking about when I used to stay at your house and your mom would always have shower beers. Oh. And so it just was one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to put the most random thing I can think of. And I put the shower beer in there and then everybody was just talking about the shower beer for the rest of that whole entire session. And I was oh like, I would have never, this would have never came up if not for Julie's mom. My mom does that. I have... A lot of the things that I find funniest in my life, like my personal joking-wise, are more inside jokes. The only one that comes to my mind right now, because I didn't think about, like, what was my greatest comedy moment? The only one that comes right now is actually a sexual joke. Because those people always find that surprising for me, because I'm just, I don't put off that vibe. And essentially, I was standing with two women at work, and the one was talking about how she's trying to hit on this guy. And they were discussing it thinking about all the steps at hand and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just listening, like, I don't know what's happening or how to help you. And she had snake bites, which are these piercings, like, on their lips, two of them. And apparently this guy was hitting on her back, which is great and all. And he basically asked her if her piercings helped her give blowjobs, if they help her keep direction. And with the blankest face I stared for and went, what other direction are you going to go? <laughs> And they died. Like, they just, like, fell apart because I was completely serious. It's like, that that wouldn't work on me. Like, to me, I just, like, how much can you fuck that up? Like, it seems very obvious what directions you go. Like, like why are they going to help me? And I think it was just my face. They were just, like, couldn't stand it. So. Yeah, fair. No. Okay. I, I have one more. I really, I shouldn't, but I, this happened the other day, actually, and this was pretty funny. I was talking to my husband, and so I came up with, you know how, like, for example, the word knife, there's a silent K there. You don't say the K. And I was talking about how it's kind of stupid. I was like, what if you had the opposite? What if it was like, silent I don't know, kiff? like, <laughs> your last name was Green, for example. And then you went up to somebody and you're saying, hey, my name is Green." And they're like, well, that's really weird. How do you spell that? And it's like, oh, you know, G-R-E-E-N. But you do say the B. <laughs> there is a B, a B that you, you just say. It. So, <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's sometimes what silent letters feel like to me. Because it's like, why is it there? What if it's invisible and you should hear it anyway? I know it's obvious. It has to do with languages and things. I get it. But it's just, that's to me, that's the thing. It's like, why put that K there if you're not going to use it? <laughs> He deserves better than this. <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay. So now that we've covered that we're hilarious, obviously, and should write our own TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to cover about, like, why we picked comedy TV shows or what we love about them or just something you want to say before yeah. we do our pitches? Yeah, before we move on with this, I just want to say if we wrote our own TV show, I think it would be primarily weird noises. 
Anyway. I mean, is there a problem here? Because for whatever reason, we have this thing where we just like to shout at each other random, weird, bizarre okay. things. I was, I was talking to somebody, and I hadn't had, like, two glasses of bourbon, so I was pretty much myself, and I was like, do you want to know one of the reasons why I live alone? And they're like, why? I'm like, because I get to go to every room in my house and just start scream singing Danger Zone anytime I want, and that's what I'm doing right now. That's fair. So yeah, every, yesterday, I think it was, I was just walking in rooms going, Danger like, echoing in different ways throughout my house. I'm very happy about it. I mean, that's fair. That's, that's a fair one. So that's what my sitcom would be. Okay. So back to your question. The one specific thing that I want to say about comedy before we move on, and this is kind of the thing I was talking about at the beginning. I really hate recent comedy. And more specifically, it has to do with movies. So... The thing is, is when I was younger, I used to really love comedy, especially comedy movies. You know, you could talk about stuff like Austin Powers or Ace Ventura. Ventura. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But my, I am of the good opinion, <laughs> and I don't know if anybody believes me or not, that The Hangover ruined comedy. Because I swear, since The Hangover came out, which The Hangover is a good movie, I'm not sitting here necessarily shitting on The Hangover. It's just ever since it came out, it's like everybody tries to mimic The Hangover. And honestly, there is only so much cringe humor that I can take. Cringe humor is one of those ones where it works for me occasionally, and it normally only works for me if it's smart. So if it's just really stupid, if it's just there to be like, oh, don't you feel shitty? It's like, yeah. And I feel and uncomfortable. I like <laughs> well, you love Tobias, which Tobias is the cringe humor. Like, him and Job are more the cringe humor of Arrested Development. But like you said, it's smart. It's intentional. It's yeah. not because he's just fucking weird or stupid or annoying or doing it to be an asshole. That's just part of his personality. And it just creates yeah. weird hijinks moments. But the other thing I think shows need to do is they need to pretend to pull away from it. They can't drive into it and force it they have to just be like all right we're gonna leave you there and kind of focus over here like they they make it to where the other characters feel it with you rather than steering into it yeah and well the other thing is too is so like i'm sure we're gonna get into this a little bit more with our pitches but one of the things about like arrested development arrested development is kind of about bad people they're not really good people and so that's another thing too is if you have cringy humor and the cringy humor is center, centered around people that you're supposed to like, that makes it worse. If it's more people where you kind of generally, like, you know, you could think of something, for example, like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They are very clearly bad people and it's set up that way. So when bad things happen to them, you don't feel bad about it at all. And it normally just kind of makes you think it's funny. Same is kind of true of Arrested Development. You could kind of maybe argue that Michael is good, but he gets kind of weird in later seasons, so he I don't know. bad moments. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing I have to add is that I feel the same way. Not necessarily. I'm not necessarily blaming The Hangover. I don't think it started there. I think it just increased the popularity. Because I remember movies that were like Knocked Up and Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. Those I would still put in this category of humor and I know those are more geared towards the type of people I'm not like I'm not a person who smokes weed so I don't really find Pineapple Express funny and that kind of thing 
But the hangover, I guess, just made it all that much funnier because it made so much money. So yeah. I don't necessarily attack it, but I do see that, like, the timeline goes in there with that. Yeah, and I mean, again, I do want to say, I don't I don't hate the hangover. The hangover was a good one. There have been a couple of good movies that have come out since. It's just, it seems like anymore, it's so few and far between that I like comedy movies that come out. Like, it's The Good Guys was one. And, and that's a remake, actually. Was it? Yeah, I found that out. Weird. Uh, I liked Bridesmaids. I know you didn't like Bridesmaids, but... I liked Tag. It just... I think what's also happening is that the movies that we don't hate are not that funny still. Like, they're they're fine, but essentially we want something that cracks us up, like Ace Ventura did, or The Mask, or mm-hmm. Austin Powers, like you were saying, and now our Galaxy Quest, which is literally my second favorite movie of all time. But we're just getting this, like, it's either extreme or really downplayed. They're not doing anything in the middle to kind of keep us happy. Oh, my gosh. I felt so bad. (laughs) My husband and I went to go see this movie a while ago. I think he ended up at least kind of liking it. I hated it. Just abysmally hated it. And I think part of the reason was is... It was, the setup was really stupid. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, this is not believable to me. I don't think that anybody would be this stupid. I'm not even saying that there aren't people out there who are that stupid. It's just the train of thought to get to here just ruined it for me. And that's kind of what I mean about why I like smart humor is it doesn't really have anything to do with intelligence necessarily. It's just I think in a way, I like social commentary. So if you can take something and twist it in a way that, you know, represents society, that will normally make me laugh because it's, you know, oh, yeah, I see those people. Oh, that is funny that they do that. I have that kind of a reflex. But if it's just, nah, I'm going to make this person do something that he would never do ever at all. And then there's a bunch of physical cringe humor just infuriates me more than it makes me laugh. You might get one chuckle out of me, and I think there was maybe one time during that movie where I did laugh. But it just, by the end of it, I was so angry. Well, now that you say that, when I think of the comedies I've seen in the past, let's say a decade, it is very much like there's one or two points I laugh. I might die laughing. Like, it might be hilarious. But that's it. There's nothing else. And the one that specifically comes, there's two that come to mind. And one is Napoleon Dynamite. I remember how fucking popular that movie was. And it was not funny to me. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. The only part that I laughed at is one of the dumbest parts. And it's essentially, is his name Pedro? He Mm -hmm. asks out the like popular hot girl by like giving her a cake and like sending her a note that says like, do you want to go out with me? And she sends back a note, and it has his name and a heart, and then you open it, and it says, no. That was the only part I I like, but it killed me. Like, that one part (laughs) nailed it. And the only other one I can think of is Talladega Nights, because I do not like Step Brothers. As many people are going to yell at me and scold me for saying I don't like Step Brothers. I don't. And I watched Talladega Nights. Same thing. I was completely straight-faced. Didn't laugh at all. Until the part when Will Ferrell goes, do you want to see how paralyzed I am? And he stabs himself in the leg. And then the next whole scene is just them panicking about him stabbing himself in the leg. (laughs) That was was it. Like in the past 10 years, the two comedy scenes that I've laughed at in movies. 
Oh yeah, by the way, I didn't say the movie that I was talking about, but it was Fist Fight. Just FYI. I just I feel like I should it. put that out there. It it made me <laughs> I, I guess I should have. It made me it. very angry. Look, it had Charlie Day in it. That's all good. But man, that movie made me so it also had uh, Tracy Morgan in it. Oh dang. Made me so angry because it like one of the whole premise of it was basically that they were teachers and it ends up like he gets in a fight with somebody. It's what's called fist fight. But the train to get there, it was just like, man, if these people were teachers, they are literally the shittiest teachers. And I, I mean, I know some teachers can be shitty, but these would be like pinnacle of <laughs> shitty teachers they were so bad i set the bar for shittiness and, well because one of the plot points in it was they were getting fired or something and then by the end of it it's just like yeah you deserve to be fired you, i do not feel sorry <laughs> for you, you fucking suck you're fucking awful teachers anyway yeah. we should stop ranting about the things that we hate well you know it's so easy <laughs> to talk about hate <laughs> It is, but, but I guess. you know, they're in, okay, so this is the thing. This is why <laughs> we're talking about TV comedies. We should, we should at least say this, that we don't really feel this way about TV comedies. I don't think, honestly, most of the recent comedies that have come out, I can't really say that there's ones that I hate. Although, to be fair, I don't really watch uh, mainstream media anymore. So I can't really tell you what's going on on NBC and things like that. I tend to watch Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. You don't like The Office. Oh, well, we said we weren't going to talk about things we don't like. Well, Just pointing out that you don't like The Office. I like The Office, but I do not love The Office like most people do. The Office has its points for me. I think... Which, okay, this is maybe something else that I can mention when it comes to my specific humor about things. I I enjoy good people or bad people. If you have gray people in comedy, it gets a little bit harder for me. And I think that's the problem that I have with The Office is because, you know, there's all these moments where people are very obviously good. And there's all these moments, too, where people are very obviously bad. Like, uh, what's... I can't think of his name now, but... Um, Michael Scott? Yeah, Michael Scott. He has all the... Like, he does all this stuff, and, like, some of the stuff that he does is, like, absolutely horrifically cringy, mean, terrible stuff. And then every once in a while, like, he does do something really nice. Like, he's really nice to Pam on occasion. He does, like, a lot of really good things for her. But for me... If you don't lean more towards good, it just doesn't even out to me. It's like, yeah, but you still pretty much made her cry in the first episode for essentially no reason. Well, how I see it, if there are, if there are diehard fans of the show that still have episodes they have to skip because of cringe, probably a little heavy-handed. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it bothers me in a way, but like I just it's background noise for me. So I don't skip those episodes that people talk about, but I also don't love the show. So it's kind of just. Yeah. I like Dwight. Dwight yes, was Dwight's probably best. my favorite character, but a lot of the cringe just got, it got too much for me. And that, that just kind of is my thing. So, but see, the thing is, is if they were bad characters, it probably wouldn't bother me as much. It's just the constant flip flop that it just doesn't really work for me. Gotcha. Well, 
All right, so it's the time we've all been waiting for. Bitchin' pitchin' time, or pitches, or whatever you want to call it. And so just to kind of give you a sum up, we're going to go back and forth. We have a five-minute time. We have timers. You might hear the beep. You might not. We'll go with it as we will. You're probably going to hear us get angry at the timers <laughs> when we want more time. <laughs> Somehow you'll know that our time is up. Because <laughs> I could talk about these forever, but that's the point of the five-minute timer, which we should say at one point, if for some reason people really like this stuff, we could talk about things for longer. So if you do like this stuff, tell us in whatever comment section of whatever that you can. And Be the first we'll one. Do maybe we'll do more. Or maybe we'll do more about some of our other favorites. Or you can even tell us this is literally the worst episode we've ever had. And then, you know, we'll just not do this anymore. Or we will, out of spite. <laughs> out of spite. <laughs> we'll do it better. Yeah. So, okay. Krista's going to go first, and then we'll take turns after that. So, Krista, are you ready? I'm nervous, but yeah. Let's fucking go. Okay. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is Arrested Development. And I'm going to talk about it mostly because I was already talking about it. But what I want to talk about first is what it is. So what it is, is it's a Bush-era sitcom. The only reason that that's kind of important is because it takes place around the time of the Iraq War and before the housing market crash. There's some things surrounding that that has to, that plays into why that ends up being important. Anyway. The premise is kind of typical, but for the time, this was a little bit more new. It's an asshole rich family comedy, but it was kind of revolutionary for its time because of the thing I was talking about before where it's very well written and it's very funny. Like the cadence of jokes is very high. Like you will probably chuckle <laughs> at least at every episode. And if you go back and watch it, you'll find more things and you'll find it even more hilarious. So the very, very initial premise of it is essentially that Michael is the quote unquote good guy. He expects that he's going to get a promotion from his father, who is the CEO of a company, but he doesn't. Instead, his father promotes the mother. Michael gets very pissed off about this. And then the father is arrested for fraud, hence arrested development. Michael decides to help dig his family out of this hole and then all sorts of shenanigans ensue. This is a very weird way to explain this comedy, but at least so you have the premise so you can know what this is. For me specifically, why do I love this show? It's that exactly the thing I've been saying this whole time. The first three seasons of that show are the most consistently funny show like I've probably ever watched ever. There is this one part of, I think it's season two. It's the part with Rita. I don't really mm -hmm. like that part, but I can honestly ignore it and it's fine. And the other thing that's really weird about this show to me is every single character is funny. They're all funny in different ways, but I consistently laugh at every single character, which is so rare. I couldn't tell you another show where that happened. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of one of those ones where the story doesn't super matter. There is a story, but you ultimately don't end up caring about it. It's just funny, funny, funny. <laughs> I, I don't really know what else to say about that part of it. Um, I will say one kind of just downer part about it is it does fade after season three. I personally appreciate moments in season four. Don't watch season five. Just don't do it. Just save yourself. Honestly, you could stop at season three. It doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't have a plot. It just doesn't have a plot. It just pretends it does. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the other thing is why I think other people might like it. It's very similar to many asshole family comedies. You know, you can think about things like Family Guy or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or South Park to some degree Seinfeld. It's it's that kind of vein of things. It's like they're not great people. They're doing stupid things. You laugh because ultimately you, you just don't really care that they're going to succeed. In fact, most of the time it's funnier for them to fail. Yeah, so those, I think, are all of my kind of main points. I don't think I have anything else to specifically say, except for that Tobias is probably the best. I think, um, well, Tobias and Job, I think one of the moments that I could, this is always the moment that I'll tell people when I'm talking about this show, like to get them into maybe liking it, is this is like one of the first scenes, is it's just Job, which Job is a magician, which is, it's really stupid, but it's really stupid in the show, too. He's a magician. And one of the first things that he says to Michael is he's like, there's a dove in the fridge. Don't eat it. <laughs> Michael goes to the fridge, opens up the fridge, finds a brown paper bag that says, dead dove, do not eat. He opens up the paper bag, and there's a dove inside. And he's just like, I honestly didn't know what I was expecting. <laughs> And that's it. That is basically the premise of the show, honestly. And you know what? I almost did this in five minutes. So you get 20 seconds, I get 20 Julie, seconds, okay. if you want to say anything. I This is the only time I enjoy Michael Sarah. I think is what I'll say. I think Michael Sarah, I, he just cringes. And like, as he got older, his face didn't age with him. And he's just really weird looking. But he's just young enough in this that I appreciate him. And he's so awkward. So awkward. It's, so, it's such peak. Oh, oh. Time's That's up. it. Okay, I'll stop. Okay. Arrested Development is done. It's Julie's turn for her first pitch. So it's Malcolm in the Middle. Go. Oh, God. Um, so I picked Malcolm in the Middle specifically for my first because the best way I can describe the show is it's my childhood in a show. And if you want to know more about me or just understand me on a deeper level, watch this show. I am Dewey. <laughs> in case you're wondering... I am Dewey in this scenario. Um, so for the young people or extremely old people, I have no idea what this show is because I feel like pretty much everyone around our age has at least heard of it. This is a family time show, I would say. It revolves around Malcolm, who's the middle child, and he's a genius. He has two older brothers and eventually two younger brothers. During most of the show, it's just one younger brother and two crazy parents. And they're hella poor. <laughs> And they're terrible monster children, and that's just, like, the show. And that is very much my life as a child. <laughs> we were dirt poor and monsters. So it's just, like, every bit of the show just reeks of my childhood. Every part of it. Like, down to the specifics of Dewey's the musician one who begrudgingly accepts being part of this family. To Malcolm being the extreme hard worker who's just constantly pissed off. That's my brother Tom. Like, <laughs> Like, it's just, it's so great. And then the age range, because I'm so much younger than my brothers, is also important, where they just didn't want me a part of anything. And I'm just like, hey, I want to help. <laughs> and then even Lois, like, my mom, what's so funny about this show is they push that, where they're like, Lois is insane. And then later in episodes, the kids realize, like, oh, she's not insane. We're just fucking terrible. And she has to be. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's, that's, that's my mom. Like, she'd be wonderful. As adults, she's great to talk to, but as kids, we're just like, she is the devil. Like, get her away from me. Don't tell her. <laughs> and I thought the best way to describe the show is just to talk about my favorite episode, which is season one, episode 13, Roller Skates. 
So it opens up with a random story, like bit like we do in the show. And after that, it goes into Malcolm's playing street hockey with everybody. And he can't keep up because he doesn't have roller skates. And in their family, they have a rule that if you want to get roller skates, you have to talk to their dad. He won't get you roller skates until you have your lessons with Hal, their dad. And so Malcolm goes up to Reese and he's like, hey, I'm thinking about asking dad about roller skate lessons. And Reese goes, Malcolm's like, what? What is it? Like, I can't tell you, man. You just, if you think you're ready, you gotta go. And so Malcolm is stressed out. He calls his older brother, Francis, who isn't, who isn't home anymore. And he's like, hey, uh, Francis, I was thinking about asking dad for roller skate lessons. Why does everyone keep doing that? <laughs> and then Francis goes, dude, if you think you're ready, ask him. Like, just go. And so they're sitting at the dinner table, and Malcolm turns to Hal, and he goes, hey, dad, I think I want roller skate lessons and the whole world stops and it just zooms in on Hal closing in on Malcolm going do you think you're ready and Malcolm goes uh yeah I guess okay we'll start in the morning and it goes perfectly natural perfectly normal and it doesn't happen right away but shortly after you see Hal in blue sequence and he does an entire roller skate dance choreography to the song we are the champions and I read about it, and this isn't the case, but for the longest time, I thought that Brian Cranston just had, like, this random skill of, like, when he was younger, he did, like, competitive roller skate dance, and, like, dude, we have to use that in an episode. Like, that's what this episode screams to me. But I found out he actually didn't. They wrote this whole entire episode intentionally. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so the whole entire time, like, Malcolm is hating the teaching, because Hal is going on about, like, you have to feel it within you, like... You don't get skates until you've earned skates. And so Malcolm's like, how am I supposed to learn? I should just have skates. This shouldn't be this hard. And Hal's like, he's fighting me, Lois, but I know he can do it. It's, It's got it in him. He, he could be great. And Lois <laughs> is just like, whatever, dear. <laughs> like, disregarding what he's doing. I don't remember Lois's part of the story because there's another side story happening with, like, Lois and everybody else. And eventually Malcolm gets so frustrated that he calls his dad, like, a bad word. Like, they have a car wreck happen instead of saying the word. And so then Hal, like, takes it really personally. He gets hurt. He's talking to Lois. He's like, you're the bad guy. You're the one they should be cussing at. I'm the fun one. How could he hurt me like this? <laughs> and Lois just like, what, do you want me to punish him? No. No, it's fine. I'll deal with it. And he makes Malcolm, he prints out a whole packet of cusses and insults. And he tells Malcolm, he's like, you have to look me in the eye and tell me every single one of these. <laughs> and it's like three hours of Malcolm, like, <laughs> cussing out his dad. <laughs> and... By the end of the episode, like, he finally gets Malcolm skates, and Malcolm's trying to play hockey with everybody, and he's just not doing well, and Hal puts on, like, Funky Town to a big jukebox, and he's dancing to it. Oh, shit. We'll You'll never, never know. hear the ending. You'll That's never know. Fine. So, now that we've gone over me in a TV show, or at least my childhood, it's time for Krista to talk about rocks. 30 yeah. rocks. <laughs> and go. Okay. So this is another one, which, by the way, this is about 30 Rock. <laughs> this is another weird one to explain. So this is very specifically about Tina Fey. And it is basically a riff on her life about her time writing comedy on SNL. Again, it's kind of a weird one to explain because it's very slice of life. There is a story, but there's not really a story that connects all of it together. But... It's essentially about the complicated life of Liz Lemon, who is Tina Fey, writing comedy, maintaining actors, and also trying to live a life worth living. 
The jokes are probably what I would consider mostly situational. It's like some kind of weird event happens and it's about all the weirdness happening around that event. Um, I mean, it is very scripted too. You would say it's like kind of in the same vein of Arrested Development. I could probably chuckle at about at least every episode. Anyway, so why I personally love it very much, although it's very hard to explain, I think that this show, probably out of all of the ones on my list, I relate very highly to this one. I have always related to Tina Fey, like pretty much everything she's ever in. She has that kind of, I don't know, I don't really know how to explain it, but I just feel like we're kind of the same people, essentially. And anyway, the kind of awkward comedy, awkward girl, kind of garbage human type of thing, because that's very much kind of what Liz Lemon is. Like, she's very successful, and like, you know, she's this kind of person where she's gotten a lot of, like, her goals and what she wants out of life. But ultimately, she doesn't take very good care of herself. She doesn't, like, maintain very good personal relationships. She eats terribly and all this kind of stuff, and I... I relate to that. I think I have a lot of very garbage human tendencies. I'm very, I can be very lazy. I can also be very motivated. I, you know, I did become a chemist, but I also have a lot of these kind of lazy garbage human tendencies also. Um, the other thing is, is I really love the characters in this one. This is another one where I feel very strongly about pretty much all the characters. They're at least funny, even if I don't like them necessarily and especially Liz and Jack I have a very soft spot for friendships right and Jack and Liz just like have the most beautiful friendship and it's one of those things where I super appreciate it because they're not the same kind of people they're essentially opposites in every single regard but they learn from each other. They really appreciate each other. They always have each other's backs. And ultimately, they end up changing each other because Jack kind of softens and then Liz kind of stops being such a garbage human. So it's very beautiful. I think I explained all of these things. But it's a funny comedy with a lot of heart. The first season is meh. That's kind of true of everything, but really for this one, you just kind of got to push through the first season. I'm sorry. <laughs> get to the second season, that gets a lot better. There's a lot of comedy gold. It's extremely rewashable. There's a lot of good feel-good moments. You'll chuckle at at least every episode. So, for the end of this, just to put out like a couple of my favorite personal episodes from this, I love Gavin Velour, Into the Crevasse, uh... Operation Righteous Cowboy Lightning. That one's pretty great. Because that's the one where they make up a fake event and <laughs> Jenna Maroney sings her song where it's just like, where all the people, oh. the thing that happened, <laughs> happened to. <laughs> it's so bad because Jack's just running around panicking the whole entire episode while she's singing that. I love all of her songs, honestly. They're so stupid, but funny but then also a level of like she's an actual good singer so it's extra funny to me um I like the double-edged sword and then idiots are people too because okay so idiots are people too which I kind of forgot about that one one of the reasons I like that one is that's one of the one with Kelsey Grammer and anytime Kelsey Grammer shows up in this show it is so hilarious because I think 
that was the one where he's putting on the fake Abraham Lincoln play and he's taking it so seriously. He gets the wrong kind of hat and he's like, we're ruined. <laughs> People are going to know that this was a st stupid stage play. <laughs> yeah. Anytime Kelsey Grammer shows up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So 30 Rocks over. Julie is going to talk about actually a show that we both like. I'm going to try very hard not to say anything, but it might happen because I do like the show. So, here we go. Gallivant, go! So today I'm going to talk about Gallivant! In case you're wondering why I'm singing, it's a musical show, which is just so niche and wonderful to me. I'm going to try my best not to sing the entire time. But what I love about Gallivant, it is a medieval comedy. I guess you... Mus medieval musical comedy. Gallivant is a knight in shining armor of all glory and wonderfulness. He can fight and kill all things around him, and he falls in love with the fair maiden. This is all episode one. <laughs> falls in love with the fair maiden, and the king comes around and goes, that fair maiden's really fucking gorgeous, and he decides to take her for his bride. Gallivant comes to save her and goes, you will be my bride for forever in love. I will kill this king. And she goes, you know, being a peasant and being in love with you sounds great and all, but I think being a rich queen with all this power sounds a little better. I think I'm gonna marry the king. And that puts Gallivant in a spiral of depression, of course, because he just lost the love of his life. And the rest of the show is just absolutely hilarious <laughs> because the whole point of the show, I think, is to constantly turn jokes on their head. As I've, like, I was rewatching it, and every time you think something serious, they turn it into a really stupid joke. Or as soon as it's following a trope, like I said, like, they're in love, he's coming to rescue her, and they're just like, psych, <laughs> never mind. And, like, the king is even a joke upon itself, because the king, which is Krista's favorite character, <laughs> the king is the weakest, stupidest, like, most ridiculous character. Like, instead of being this fierce, brooding monarch, he's just like, I wish my wife loved me. She just seems so mean. And like, the other thing that I love about this is they make a point to not curse and then immediately cuss. Like, they, they'll be like, man, it's just such a frigid wind, you know? It's almost like she's a witch. And then someone goes, oh, I think you mean bitch. Like, like correct them. <laughs> so they make, they put all these efforts in to be like, okay, this is the joke. And then they ruin it, like, immediately. And I just love that about it. And they even do, like, fourth wall breaks. And they'll talk about, like, current culture and stuff. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, nothing. <laughs> Disregard. <laughs> And they have guest appearances, like, they have Weird Al, and he does a song called We're the Monks. Yeah, we're the monks. It's <laughs> a yeah. ridiculous song. And then they also have uh, Ricky Gervais comes on for a bit, and he's, like, a medicinal healer. <laughs> yeah, and that guy, um, oh, God, I can't think of it. The, God, Nick, Simon Pegg. Simon the guy Pegg? who's with Simon Pegg, what's his name, Nick Frost? Yeah, he's Nick in Frost. one. There we go, gosh. Yeah, he's in one. Jeez, you just ruined, like, Sorry. 20 seconds of that. Go, <laughs> So, I mean, there's not much more to say about this. If you can't stand musicals, I mean, don't watch the show. Because the musical aspect of it definitely follows, like, a trope. But the rest of it's so good. There's a bit where they do a joust. And it's, like, the three companions. And one decides to poison the opposing jouster. And they're training Gallivant. Like, you can do this. Like, you're not just a sad sack of crap anymore. You can figure this out. And they train and train and train. And he's up on the horse. And she's like, okay, well, let me see, like, see your pose. And he just goes, it took me. So I, I, can't, I can't move my arms. We train too hard. I can't move. And she's like, are you fucking serious? And he's like, yep, what's this? Uh, he moves his arms like, and then she went, yep, that's, that's about the span I got. 
And because she poisoned the other jouster, he's literally, like, vomiting out of his helmet. <laughs> like, they're both barely on the horse. <laughs> and they just slowly move towards each other. And both just poke each other and go, Ugh! <laughs> And they both fall off the horse at the same time. And the jousting, like, leader just stands there and he's like, Okay, well, whoever stays up first wins, I guess. <laughs> and the next, like, two minutes, just them grumbling and stirring on the ground trying oh. to stand up. It is such a weird show. I I don't know how you really explain it. I mean, if you like musicals and you like fantasy, it's, it's for you. you. <laughs> but My other favorite bit is that the first episode of season two is literally them just singing about how they didn't get canceled. The title of the episode is Suck It, Cancellation Bear. <laughs> like, it's just, and the entire episode just going like, ha, you thought we'd be gone, but we're not canceled yet. And they just sing about how the, ep- the show didn't get canceled <laughs> after season one. It did get canceled after season two, though, so it's kind of a bittersweet yeah. episode now. But to be fair, it ended. Yeah, it did end. It was because Galavan, the actor, decided to do something better, and then that failed. So, joke's on him. Yeah, so he should just go back and do more <laughs> Yeah, he Galavan. should just be Galavan again. <laughs> that's, Clearly, that's where he belongs. I mean, honestly, that's what I would want. But, favorite character, the king, and Bernard the dragon. <laughs> gotta, sh- gotta shout out my boy. Gotta shout out that boy. <laughs> that boy Bernard the Dragon. That is the stupidest bit that um, always makes me laugh every time. And I think the reason is, uh, you don't. No one gets to know your reason. No one will ever know <laughs> about Bernard the Dragon. <laughs> you try. So now that I'm saying to you why you should watch Gallivant, Krista's gonna do an old classic, and I'm gonna introduce her with some simple rhythmic words. Pop, 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 pop. Okay, so this one is about friends, in case you didn't catch that. Um, okay, so for anybody out there who just happens to not know what Friends is, is a slice of life, oh my gosh, is a slice of life sitcom about six friends. It does have a laugh track. I feel the need to mention this because I know that this offends some people. For me personally, I've always viewed laugh tracks like I'm watching a play. I just kind of ignore it. I mean, because that's the same thing if you watch a play. I know a lot of people, they get mad because they're like, oh, they pause to extend the jokes. And it's like, you do the same thing at a play. That's how it works when people are laughing along with you. Because if not, you miss the next joke. Anyway, I used to do theater a lot, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, there is a sort of all overall story. Apparently, it's like that for every comedy I watch. There's no exact story. It's an overall arcing one. But mostly, it is about these friends living their daily lives. The jokes are, again, mostly situational. So, as Julie was talking about Malcolm in the Middle, I would say that Friends is probably the TV show that is the one I have watched the most. I grew up with it. I honestly, I might know every episode, which is kind of sad in a way, but that's probably true. It might be a fun test if we ever wanted to do a Friends episode, because you could probably do a the one with, and I would probably be able to tell you the plot of almost every episode. It went on for 10 seasons, (laughs) just in case you didn't know. So I do find it actually funny. I know some people don't. I know some people right now really like to hate on Friends. I also do find it endearing at times. To me, like, the best way that I could describe Friends, like, if I wanted to tell somebody to watch it who's never watched it, is it it feels like having friends. It's 
they change, they grow, they go through bad moments, they go through good moments. Like, one of the things that I really always liked about Friends is that when they fight, they actually fight for a really long time. It makes it kind of weird, but, like, so, for example, the whole thing with Ross and Rachel and the break and all that that everybody knows about, they fight about that for, like, an entire season afterwards, and it makes it feel very real. It's not just, oh, yeah, we broke up, and then... It's forgotten about in a couple episodes. It goes on for a long time. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different things I've heard people complain about with this show. You know, that they're jerks or Monica's insufferable with her nagging. Ross is awful. The diversity is awful. There's, there is some homophobic jokes. And, you know, like, that stuff is there. And I'm not really the person to talk about it and say, this show is perfect. It was in the 90s. And I know that, you know, that can kind of sound like it's an excuse, but I do feel the need to mention it. And it tried, I think, in certain ways to push the boundaries when it could. And the other thing that I would say about that is, like, there's shows before and after this that did the exact same thing and get less flack for the same things that Friends did. Like, you could see, like, Seinfeld. Seinfeld was another one. Took place in New York City. The cast was all white. (laughs) It's, you know, something that happened. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm was the same way. I put in Girls and Sex in the City is another one. They, you know, takes place in New York. The cast is all white. But anyway, it takes place in the 90s to early 2000s. So just a thing. Again, not saying this is right, but I think that the show had some times where it tried. And I still do think that there is a lot of heart in the main cast. And like I said before, they do feel like having friends. So to me, when they're making these mistakes, when they're doing these things that are kind of wrong, to me, it's kind of in the vein of having friends. Because who doesn't have friends who haven't said something kind of awful once? And maybe they learn from it and they grow from it and, you know, they become better people. And I think that that kind of is the thing with them is that it's hard. Like, they're not bad people like they don't really go around hurting people they try their best and sometimes they do mess up anyway that's the way I look at it again people can feel free to disagree and decide with what they want about that I know that this one kind of turned into a political statement and not really me explaining why friends is funny but I just kind of want to put that out there for anybody who has wanted to watch this show and they've heard the negative things about it It's not a show that's perfect. I would say probably most shows from that time period are probably going to fall into this exact same bubble. There's going to be things that are going to be good about it. It's going to be funny in areas. And in other areas, it's not going to have age well. (laughs) Well, it's. I think this show is a show everybody knows. So you kind of commenting that way is fine. Oh, no. Oh, she didn't set the timer. I thought I did. (laughs) But the hourglass ran out. So it just now ran out. So it's not like you went forever. Shit. <laughs> Man, she got extra time. What bullshit. <laughs> friends is over. Ranting about, ranting about friends is over. I need to cool my blood. All right, so now Julie is going to talk about one show that I have never heard about. Here we go. So the show I'm talking about is Letterkenny. And what you needs to know about this show. I don't, I don't know if I can maintain that accent the whole time. <laughs> so it's a 
Canadian witty left wing redneck nonsense show. <laughs> There's no way to really describe it. Um, they starting from episode one. I fucking love this show. Like it. We're, we were talking about with comedies where sometimes you just have to tell people like just get through the first season. Like when you talk about. 30 Rock, or when you talk about, like, Parks and Rec, these shows that we love, we always have to preface with, like, okay, just get through season one. Like I said, Letterkenny, I think it took three minutes, and I was like, this is my show. Like, this is my favorite show now. It's it's one long-running joke the entire time. Every episode has, like, the typical jokes that they say every time, starting from episode one. So the, like, one of them's like, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Like, they just have these phrases that I love. I think one of the ones I started saying this to my mom and she just always looks at me like, what the hell? So I go like, how are we going to fuck this pig? Because that's how they say like, what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this problem? How are we going to fuck this pig? And she just always looks at me and I'm like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it now. Um, And then uh, like, what was it like? You need to put your lip away or a bird's going to poop on it. Basically means like you're pouting. Like you need to stop pouting. This show is just so full of wonderful phrases you can use day to day that are so great. And then what's even better is they'll have this long-standing joke. Like, they might even do the same exact joke for an entire season, and then out of nowhere, they'll flip it and just make it something else. And the one that I remember the first one is Squirrely Dan. Squirrely Dan. <laughs> Every time he, see Kate, he sees Katie, which is Wayne's sister, he goes, that's what I appreciate about you, Katie. Like, she'll say something like, oh, I helped with this. And she goes, is that what you appreciate about me, Dan? And then Wayne will go, Wind it down, Squirrely Dan. Nope, yep, eyes are on the ground. <laughs> and there's one episode where he, they go through that bit where, like, Katie says something, and he goes, that's what I appreciate about you, Katie. Oh, is that what you appreciate about me, Dan? And he goes, Wayne, your sister's hot! I don't regret it! And he just runs off! <laughs> I have no regrets! Your sister's fucking hot! <laughs> and then he stops running, he's like, oh, too fat to run! <laughs> he stops in the middle of the field. <laughs> I think everybody just kind of ignores him. <laughs> Like, everything about it is so good. And then, like, they go on long riffs where they're essentially just, like, bantering back and forth, insulting each other. And so, it's so hard to describe these, though, because they go so quick. I can't think of everything that they said. And one of the ones is, like, two... It's episode one. Two jocks, like, pull up the the runway. And Wayne and Derry are sitting there. And the jocks are like, heard your girl cheated on you. Yeah, real sad that your girl cheated on you. And they're talking really fast and... Eventually, he's like, let's fight, boys. And, like, they take off their shirts. And Wayne's like, well, look at there. Like, what kind of happy trail is that? What are you packing away? Like, yeah, squirrely. Like, they just start ripping on him when they're threatening to fight him. <laughs> it's like, oh, do you do CrossFit? How about you cross fuck off? Like, they just, like, keep ripping into them. Until eventually, like, like, yeah, let's go, let's fight. And then Katie goes, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here. And they're like, yeah, okay. And they just drive away, and they don't fight Wayne. <laughs> and it's just it's it's beautiful and there's one other bit i'll talk about is that dairy can't say the word breakfast and so every now and again they'll just be like he'll say something like really intelligent and eloquent and then wayne will go all them words and you can't even say what's the word now but breakfast he's like that's my boy <laughs> <Cuts him off. laughs> that's right how how is this show set up is it just like a interview um, it kind of goes back and forth. So, like, the beginning of the show just has, like, Wayne with a puppy or something, because he loves dogs. He goes, so you're waiting around in the newsstand the other day. And then they go into the episode, and they play it out. 
And it just, like, stuff happens? Yeah, just stuff it? happens okay. around. I didn't get that impression when you were first talking to me about this. Okay. It kind of goes back and forth. Like, they do, they'll do bit episodes. Like, on the latest season, they did a whole episode about they were talking to teenagers, so they made it seem like, <laughs> it was so stupid. They made it seem like some school, like, assembly, and Wayne, like, gets on the chair, sits on it backwards, you know, he's like, now I get it. You're little shits. You have a lot of energy. You're trying to get rid of it. Don't disregard my mailbox. He's like, you know, I'm all for laying some flame and poop on a front porch and all, but that's that's government property. Like, it's really serious. It's disrespectful. <laughs> and the whole episode's designed that way, where people are just, like, doing their bits and stuff. <laughs> so good. There's another one where Derry, like, he gets bit by a possum, and he's, like, got rabies or something. He's literally, like, he passes out of the dinner table, and they all, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> So now that we've ranged from rich asshole comedy to writer comedy to musical to childhood comedy to then finally Canadian West left wing hick nonsense, Krista's going to end on an animated comedy. All right, guys, I am going to be talking about Futurama for my very last pitch. So for this one. Another daily life sitcom. But honestly, this one is probably more similar to Star Trek mixed with The Simpsons or Scrubs. I wouldn't necessarily say that this one is like any of these at all. But the one of the writers was for The Simpsons. He worked for The Simpsons. He animated for them. So that's where that comes into play. But it is a sci-fi comedy about a space delivery company most of the jokes are, are social commentary, which I guess is kind of where The Simpsons of it shines, because that's kind of what The Simpsons does, too. It's just, The Simpsons is kind of more about an asshole family, whereas, well, kind of an asshole family. It's kind of weird. But this one is more, it's about the world that makes it funny, essentially. So, this is probably my favorite TV show ever. E. much energy so excited much energy i think i was gonna do this is probably my favorite tv show ever ever (laughs) i love this show so much it can genuinely make me laugh and it also makes me cry i this show is kind of weird because i wouldn't say that this is one where i'm like rolling on the ground laughing it's more just like kind of a chuckle here and there but it's also It has this weird thing, like, that Scrubs have, which is why I put Scrubs in kind of the title of this, where it's funny, but then at times it'll get very serious, and it's, like, it's, like, gut-wrenching serious. Like, one of my favorite episodes, every time it flips my stomach, is there's this episode called The Sting, which The Sting is, they go to this whole mission, and Fry gets stung. And then for the whole thing, you think that Fry is dead. (laughs) That's like the whole thing. And it just is this very big thing of Leela mourning him. And it it has all of these scenes that are very beautiful. And it's weird because this show is a comedy. Like most of it is about a talking crustacean who is a doctor. And the whole entire joke of him is supposed to be, oh, He's half crab. How would that be if he were to operate on humans? Wouldn't that be weird? Like, one of my favorite bits with Zoidberg, who is the crustacean that I'm talking about, is he just walks up to Fry, and he's like, so your people, tell me, 
uh, disemboweling can you do? <laughs> like he does all kinds of stuff like that. Or like he'll cut something he'll cut something out and he'll be like, What, you don't have nine hearts? <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And you so, don't have nine hearts? Yeah. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> or even uh Zab Brannigan. Zab Brannigan always makes me laugh because he's essentially uh Will Shatner. That's like the whole bit of him. But he doesn't wear pants. <laughs> That's like his whole thing is like he wears the Star Trek outfit, but just no pants. And so there's all of these bits of like he'll be climbing up a ladder and people look and they're like, ah, <laughs> it just makes me because he's so he's got so much bravado and then just kind of nothing to really back. Like he's so stupid <laughs> that just every situation just ends up being so funny with him. But one of the other things I can say about Futurama that does really appeal to me is it is a very smart show. They do talk about actual scientific concepts. They're not always correct, but it is still nice that they try because it is a sci-fi show. So it's nice that they attempt to do the science. Yeah, but if you enjoy comedy about the stupidity of being alive intermixed with genuine sap, if you want to bawl your eyes out over a freaking dog, if you oh, want to not that episode. <laughs> yeah, that is actually the one episode I normally have to skip. Oh, that one, I just, it's too much. Dogs are too much. But the other one that always really gets me too is The Luck of the Fryerish, the one that's like about Fry's brother. Yeah, that the, one's pretty the clover good. and everything. Yeah, that also, one's pretty good too. The episode with whatever that weird holographic instrument that he plays for Leela. Yeah, the I think I have that one written down. The devil's hands or idle play things. Yeah, that one was like a good one. I think that one actually won some awards, hmm. which is interesting for an animated show. Which oh, I don't even know if I said that. You said that. This is animated. Just in case, yeah. it's still really good. I still highly recommend this show. It's very funny. Oh, and another thing is, it ends very well. I'm going to say that with my last three seconds. The ending is good. <laughs> <laughs> and time. <laughs> All right, guys. And now we're ending with Julie on another show that I know absolutely nothing about. Go. So my last show I picked is called Afterlife. Let me preface this with saying, if you can't stand Ricky Gervais as a person, as a comedian... Just skip this next four minutes because I'm not going to be able to convince you to watch the show because it is very much a Ricky Gervais project. Um, Afterlife, the premise of Afterlife is there's this guy who was madly in love with his wife. He, they were soulmates and everything else like that. And she's dead of cancer already. Like starting out, she's gone. And he essentially is going through like grieving and he decides to be just a giant asshole. And that's just going to be his personality going forward because he feels like all the happiness in his life is gone. Like it's, she took it with him. And it sounds weird when I describe it like that. Like, why would someone watch the show? And I think it's because I like to deal with grieving this way, is that I don't like to sit and be depressed. Like, I don't think anyone likes to do it. I especially don't. And so what always happens is I distract myself with a stupid joke or something to keep away from it. And that show just embodies this so much. Where, like, through half of the episode, it's just this really serious, like, sad topics and then he just rips into somebody and it's hilarious. Like it just, and it just, it has this great flow of going back and forth between this, which I'm about to say a cuss word that sometimes upsets people that are not from like the UK or Australia. So warning, but I knew I would love this show when it opens up with like, he's watching a video of his wife that he recorded and, you know, he's just kind of smiling and half crying, that kind of thing. And he ends up starting his day 
and he's walking out and he walks past a primary school where his nephew is. And he sees that like his nephew is kind of like off to the side. And he kind of waves him over. He's like, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah. Well, what's wrong? What's happening? Oh, it's just that kid over there is bullying us. It's like, that, that kid over there? Yeah. It's like, okay. And so he, like, tells his nephew to go off. And he, like, points at the kid, who's this, like, really chubby redhead. And the kid's like, what? You pedo? Like, starts screaming at him. And Ricky Gervais is like, come here. Even if I was a pedophile, I wouldn't go after you. What are you, fat? Nope. And, like, he just walks off. I'm like, yep, this is my show. <laughs> I already love this show. You just called a kid. A no! <laughs> I'm set. <laughs> and that's just that's so perfect. Later in the episode, like later in the show, someone tries to rob him. Or no, they steal someone's purse, like on a moped or whatever. And they have a hammer. That's like their weapon of choice. And because he doesn't give a shit about his life or anything, he just like walks out in front of him and takes the purse back and takes the hammer. Hands the purse back. And then now he just has a hammer. And so he just puts it in his coat pocket as like walking. And on his way back, he sees that same kid, and the kid's still tormenting someone. And he, like, steps down, he, he like, takes those hammer. he's like, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna murder your parents in the middle of the night if you don't fucking shape up. And the goes to his house. <laughs> it's oh so God. good. And then, of course, Joe Wilkerson, he's an amazing British comedian. He's in it, and he's his postman. And, like, he reads Ricky Gervais's mail and stuff like that. So he hands Ricky Gervais a postcard, he's like, from Mitch and Jim. They, they really miss you and they, they hope you're having fun. And he just goes, did you read my fucking mail? Yeah, why? You, you know this is against the law, right? Oops. No, I mean, are you going to tell me? Like, he just says his bit. And later he's like, hey, can I come and take a shower in your house? He's like, what? Well, I have a date and I'd really like, you know, smell better. He's like, yeah, fine, fuck, whatever. Like, go in. And then he's like, getting ready to leave. He's like, I need to go. I need to, like, go take, like, babysit my nephew. And then he walks in, and Joe Wilkerson's in the bathtub. He's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck, man? You're not taking a shower. He's like, well, I just I just really wanted to sit and soak and relax. I think I deserve that. He's like, fuck, get out. I need to go. <laughs> like, so, But the show, like I said, it constantly goes back and forth between, like, this ridiculous, like, asshole antic humor to revelations, like, these big epiphanies about life and about, like, what it means to enjoy life and what it means to, like, grieve to even these moments where you just see how much he loved his wife and it's it's just so heartbreaking that you cry. So I never know if I'm crying from laughter or from being depressed. Like it's just that's the embodiment of this show and I appreciate it for that. <laughs> Look at that. I'm so good. Are you? I got like 30 Are we done? Seconds. I got like 30 seconds, man. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I feel like I should say something yeah. about life and stuff. Yeah. But I've not watched the show, so I don't know what to say. This wasn't what I was expecting. I didn't even know that it was Ricky Gervais, so I'm very yeah, he's the main character. I'm very surprised. It. I don't know how you watch all these shows that I'm not aware of. <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of time at work. <laughs> what can I say? It's weird. I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> I watch a lot of anime, too. <laughs> they posted the season four of Attack on Titan Dove, and I'm watching the shit out of it. It's so good. <laughs> That's, that's how you're going to choose to end your that's how this. You should also watch Attack on Titan, which is not a comedy or a show. It's an anime. <laughs> God. So, okay, that's our pitches. They were all, I think, pretty different shows. <laughs> so I think we did a good array of, like, yeah. we'll find one show you'll like. I feel pretty weird about some of them. I feel like my friend's one ended up in a weird place, and, yeah. oh, well. <laughs> I just talked about suicide and calling children. Nope. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're solid. <laughs> gonna have to bleep you yeah, are you <laughs> probably it's, it's normal in other countries the u.s is the only one that's really hung up it's on it it's very rude is even this... in great britain no it's not yes it's... it is well i mean 
It's kind of like calling someone a bitch. Like, it's it's like, hey, no. most of the time people find it funny. I was watching a thing that was talking about that. In Great Britain, it's, like, very offensive. They'll bleep it out on mainstream TV. So you know I don't this? know. Ricky Gervais, I guess he, he can pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, we just, I just wanted to mention some honorable ones that, like, which we're going to ask you questions at the end so you can think of these, like, when we're asking these questions. There's a whole bunch of other comedies that we love and watch that didn't make the cut for one reason or another. And they are, not in alphabetical order, just in a random order, uh, Archer, Parks and Rec, Sirens, Scrubs, The Good Place, Bob's Burgers, 8 Out of 10 Cats, What We Do in the Shadows, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, The Fix, Resident Alien, Community, Whose Line Is It Anyway, Orville, probably another dozen that we've forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's more. We watch a lot of comedies. We, <laughs> we just, you know, we wanted to pick some. We wanted to try something different. So with that, you know, let us know how you feel about any of these. If our pitches worked, if you think that you would watch any of these, or if you think that it's wrong, or if you would want us to talk about it more, if you're interested in hearing more about any of these TV shows specifically, because probably all of these we could talk about forever. Um, the other thing could be, if you want to, we could talk about our comedy movies that we like. So, you know, if we could, because we are kind of trying to be more engaged, we're trying to talk to our audience a little bit, we do have a Facebook page, so you can go to Passions for Your Passions on Facebook. You can leave us a comment, let us know. You can also let us know on Podbean. I don't think there's a way to do this on Spotify, so I don't Good luck. Know. <laughs> yeah, go to Podbean, I guess, and just let us know. But just let us know what you thought about this episode and what other things you would like to hear us talk about in the future. Yeah, we're kind of just running with things. We're trying to get our, we're trying to find our sweet spot. So if we get some feedback, even from like two people, yeah, <laughs> that would might help us. Like if there's things you really hate, like if you go, Julie's laugh looks like a bonefish on the recording. <laughs> I, think, I think that's only that specific really specific to, to me. But, you know, I can change my laugh. I could be Jimmy Carr and just, <laughs> instead of actually laughing, if that's what you want from me. <laughs> yeah, let, and, you know, like I said, too, let us know if we convinced you to watch any of these. Or if you just think our pitch is good. Because, I, I don't I'm know. talking out of wrath a little. <laughs> I, th I think I tried. It, it's so hard with comedy to just be able to be like, this is why I find this funny. And then it's I kind of... Because I'm depressed. <laughs> and it kind of... I kind of realized, like, I love 30 Rock and I love Futurama, but the reasons why I love them are more emotional than it is funny. <laughs> so it was just hard to talk about because it's like, I love that Liz Lemon is a garbage human. Plus, <laughs> I keep reading things that are like, now that people take therapy regularly and like it's a norm, people are having all these revelations online. And I'm just like, you know, I'm really offended that apparently I'm either traumatized and funny or normal and not <laughs> so i don't know which one bothers me more i think i'd rather be traumatized and funny <laughs> so apparently all this is just because i'm traumatized which is fine. I, I just i don't know i i really like to feel things but i don't like to feel things too much and i think that's the thing is it's like if it's too much i just feel awful like you used to like movies that were purposefully very sad used to <laughs> okay, well, i still watch the show well i can't watch ones that are like very sad and i'm talking more along the lines of like uh 12 years a slave and shot redemption yeah. and or seven pounds for oh example God, yeah like the purpose is to crush you emotionally but then it lifts you 
But see, like, that was always something that I really liked about Scrubs. Because in Scrubs, like, they would have those moments, but then it, because of it being mixed with the comedy, it kind of always felt more powerful than it did just, like, soul-crushing, I'm gonna go cry in my bed for a day. I think comedy shows are kind of a thing of our generation because we have a hard time staying focused on one thing, and comedies don't require you to just, like, be very attentive. But then there's other shows that I've talked about. I'm like, there's a show I tell people to watch all the time, but I'm like, do not binge this show. You will be so depressed for so long. And that's uh, Black Mirror. I'm oh. like, you physically, you can't binge this. Like, as I did, and I'm traumatized. Like, it just puts yeah. you in a weird place mentally if you just yeah. watch this back to back. I can't watch that whole show. I can only watch episodes. Yeah. Only episodes. It's a really good show. <laughs> This was Passion for Your Passion with Krista and Julie, where we talked about TV comedy. In the next one, we're going to be talking about beekeeping. like the show it's Analyze so who hard. I am as a person now yeah. I'm a garbage human <laughs> that's why I love Tina Fey yeah.